1: greening with mike greenberg the podcast
2: back and better than ever here we go jam-packed today presented by progressive insurance and looking forward to jim kelly no one no fan you know hurt more sunday night than jim kelly did when his beloved buffalo bills went down i've been texting with him i said would you come on the radio show and talk a little he's like Granny, I'll do it. And so he's coming up in 20 minutes. I'm really looking forward to that. The man is down. We will cheer him up. Plus, we got the Final Four, we got the Hall of Fame, we got the coaching carousel, and a whole lot more. It's a Tuesday. Let's go. Here we go. go, go.
1: Only one place to start.
2: All right, and the place that we start is in the studio with the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. My buddies, Dominique Foxworth and Dan Graziano, good enough to hang out after Get up and spend a few more minutes here talking football with us, guys. Thank you very much. And uh, let's start with what was our first topic on Get Up today, and that is Tom Brady talking about retiring in a way that we've never heard from him, and candidly, in a way that pretty much every time I've ever heard it from anyone, they wind up retiring. The old adage is, once you start thinking about Mm -hmm. quitting, you're you're basically halfway there. Um, So... Why don't I play it? I usually I don't like to play any sound bites while I have you guys because I have a limited time, but I think we have to hear it. Yep. This was Tom Brady. Uh, I believe the podcast is called "Let's Go." He does it with Jim Gray, and here's what he said. The point is, there's no really rush for me to, uh, to figure out what's next. You know, I'll know when I know. My wife is my biggest supporter. It pains her to see me get hit out there. And, um, you know, she deserves what she needs from me as a husband. My kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. It's not always what I want. It's what we want as a family. And, uh, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time with them and, you know, figure out in the future what's, what's next. I would say I'm proud and satisfied of everything we accomplished this year. So I know when I give it my all, that's something to be proud of. And I've literally given everything I had this year, last year, the year before that, the year before that. Like, I don't leave anything... Half-ass, You know, I think I'd leave it with everything that I have. So I confirmed with Graziano, both in our meeting this morning and then again on the air. He doesn't talk that way. I've
3: never heard that before. Never. Like in his,
2: he's always talked about the future. I want to keep playing. I'm going to keep playing. So, Dominique, when you hear, as a former player, I'm curious to hear your perspective. When you hear him saying that, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think you come to me as a former player and I try to give you the perspective of former players, but I'm not like him. You know, like yeah. there are certain guys that are just different. My brain doesn't work the way that his brain works. Like he has that Michael Jordan brain. And that was the weird thing to me to hear him use the word satisfied. And he said he was satisfied with how this season went, which isn't to speak to his whole career, but that's a word that you just don't hear out of guys at this level. Like they're always looking to prove something else. And you said something on air a couple weeks ago, Greeny, and you said that he didn't have anything else to prove. And I was kind of like, he hadn't had anything else to prove yeah. three Super Bowls ago, right. but but you made the point that he won a bunch in New England then he moved somewhere else and won one there he came back to try to do the repeat and the repeat has failed now it's like why do you come back I don't know I, I would have asked that question of him a long time ago as someone who's never won a Super Bowl and hasn't made hundreds of millions of dollars I don't know why he came back for the last 10 years, frankly, so yeah. I, I I can't imagine him not playing, but when he said satisfied, that got my attention.
3: Yeah, because that, that word is the enemy of a guy like that, right? Yeah. I mean, like the whole entire point is to not be satisfied. If you get satisfied, you stop working as hard as he always has, so no, it sounds legit, and, and again, the season ended two days ago, right? So it could be just that, and it could be a week from now he feels differently, but... This stuff, when he talks about his wife and his kids and and how important he is to them, he's not talking about how important it is for them to watch him play. He's talking about being there and being the the husband and the father. And I mean, that's real stuff.
2: It's interesting because we had this conversation on the air and then Sal Palantonio, our beloved buddy Sal Pal, sent me a text and said, Greeny, go back and, and, and look up the quotes that Giselle had on this subject a few years ago. And so I did, and I had forgotten this. But Brady and Giselle together went on CBS this morning in May of 2017, and she talked about him having had multiple concussions right. and how it pains her and how dangerous she thinks concussions are. Now, that became a big deal in our world because he had never been listed as having a concussion, and so right. we thought, are they covering this up? Whatever. That's the angle we took. Mm-hmm. But then Sal said, notice there was one hit in this game, in this game on Sunday, where his helmet, his helmet hits the ground really hard. And, you know, maybe that's what it is here. Maybe this is Giselle. Look, the concerns about concussions are a very real thing right. in pro football. And and he was connecting those dots, and it yeah. kind of made sense to me.
1: I mean, it's possible. I guess I, I, I bristle at the idea that this is about um his kids and about his wife. Like, obviously, he loves them immensely and wants to spend a ton of time with them. But... You said that article was 2017. He played five more years. <laughs> right. So when Tom Brady stops, maybe he's going to say that it's about his kids and his wife, but it's because Tom Brady wants to right. stop. Right. Like, let's be honest about about this, because they had everything they needed. He had accomplished everything he needed to accomplish long, long ago. Mm-hmm. In 2017, he already had a, a several Super Bowls and MVPs. Between him and G- Giselle. they probably got over a Billy. They don't need any more money or attention or championships. And he came back because he was not satisfied. Yeah.
2: So let's see where that goes from here. There's another quarterback to talk about here, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. Dan Graziano, you were there Saturday night at Lambeau Field to see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers go out. What is your expectation of what happens next with him?
3: I continue to expect that he will uh, be elsewhere next year. I I I think the underlying fundamental issues – that have been present and that he's had issues with over the past year still exist, right? The Green Bay Packers operate a certain way. Yes. He's talked about how they met him in the middle on a couple things this year and great. But, there's still the issue of their cap situation, his monster cap number. To do to keep him, they would have to restructure his contract, commit to him long-term. They just drafted a guy to replace him in the first round two years ago. So if they still believe in that guy, then it probably is time to move on. If they don't, maybe we're having a different conversation. But even then, it's going to be difficult for them to bring Aaron Rodgers back, to re-sign Devontae Adams, to keep the defense together. He knows all of that. He rattled off all this stuff in his post-game press conference just like 20 minutes after the loss the other night so it's obviously front of mind for him and he said I don't want to be part of a rebuild if we do come back
1: I can't imagine him wanting to come back once all the dust settles and he's no longer emotional about it and it seemed like he wasn't that emotional about it after the game like he was being quite calculated at that point but once you get a chance to look at this roster if you remember Aaron Rodgers was complaining about the influence he had on the roster suggesting that he wasn't happy with the roster as it has been over the last several years There is no way that this roster gets better unless they just have an incredible draft. Like, this roster cannot get better going forward. So I'm not sure how he ends up with this roster that he dreams of and this chance to make a championship run if he stays there and there's really not much they can do with the contract. Like, you can stretch everybody out over an extended period of time, but that's not the way that Green Bay operates because they are a unique franchise where it's very difficult to get the free agents that you need. They've gotten them because Aaron Rodgers is there. So if they extend a bunch of guys, long term in order to lower their cap number, extend them well into past the time where they are competitive, they're setting themselves up for something that I don't think that they are prepared to do, especially going from Favre to Rodgers.
2: Something they've never done. That, right. that yeah. is absolutely not yeah. how they operate. Yeah, and, and but look, you can operate a certain way when you have a quarterback of that caliber. They've had a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback for 30 years. People tend to forget right. that for the 20 years before that, they stunk. Yeah. Yeah. The Packers were te- were routinely, basically year in and year out, for the most part, terrible for a very long time. And and a lot of things look like they work really well when your quarterback is either Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah,
1: it looked like, I mean, he got Mike McCarthy a second job because he, <laughs> right. because he won a Super Bowl there. Yeah, it makes a lot of things. It, it's... It's lipstick for a lot of things that are not that beautiful there. And they only had two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl wins in that time period, which I think is probably a disappointment from Favre to Rodgers all the way to now. Oh,
2: I totally agree. I mean, those guys, the expression that I love, those guys put a lot of people's kids in private school. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's happened there. Meanwhile, let's make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Dan Graziano, is Sean Payton going to be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys? I don't. I don't think so. I, I would be surprised. I know it's fun to speculate,
3: and obviously Peyton's leaving a lot of this open because he's clearly undecided about his future. Does he go do TV? Does he stay with the Saints? Does he take some other job? I, I think the last thing is the least likely. Uh, but you know, I'm, all I'm doing is is mildly educated guessing because I don't think so, uh, there too many people have a direct line to him that know.
1: Greeny, far be it for me to criticize you, a Hall of Famer, at this but you asked the reasonable, rational person mm-hmm. that question, and yeah. we, and you and I both got the answer that we did. Want. Next time, ask me. <laughs> yes, he is going to be the head coach there because he wants out of New Orleans. I don't know why yet. I'll figure that out later, but I've decided that he wants out of New Orleans, and I've decided that Jerry Jones recognizes that there is no cap, salary cap, on head yeah, coaches, and true. he is going to pay Sean Payton whatever it takes to come there because Jerry Jones has done a, a great job, his organization in one of the more difficult things. And we talk about often paying a quarterback big money like changes your team. Some people will say it makes it harder for you to win a championship unless your quarterback is super elite. I would disagree and say that it, makes, it puts more pressure on your front office to find value elsewhere. And they've done that. Like, they just brought in Micah Parsons. Mm -hmm. They brought in CeeDee Lamb. Like, they are built to, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to address some aging issues on their offensive line, but they have, they might have to address the defensive line, even though they have Randy Gregory now who might be able to step in for Demarcus Lawrence if he has to move on. Stephon, or excuse me, uh, Diggs is at the corner, is up and down, Trayvon, but yeah. Trayvon Diggs is no, up and got, down. They've the corner, got a bunch of really got, good players yeah, and so a quarterback. It's a, it, and it seems like an attractive destination that could get sure. made even more attractive by somebody like Sean Payton, who is not a stranger to the public. Like, I think he would appreciate being the head of Cowboys, who appreciate the money that he'll get, but he may not appreciate the oversight that Jerry Jones expects
2: but he, uh, would, in a, in that job. but
3: he would know that going yeah, in. Mean, he knows right. Jerry as well as anybody. So, yeah, I think that's that, that would be part of it. Yeah, he he was, he, the offen- there, right? he
2: was the offensive coordinator yeah. there when Bill Parcells was the head coach. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Quickly, one more thing for my uh, insider extraordinaire. Where are we on the coaching hires? Are, are, should we expect something soon? I, uh, the yeah. Giants and Brian Dayball, the Bears and Dan Quinn. Where are we with this there's stuff? There's got to be stuff happening
3: this week. I Him mean, called well so far, Chicago, one GM has been hired and no head coaches. Now... Great. I mean, you should take more time, I think, with this process than teams often do, so that's good. But, yeah, I think you're seeing some second interviews, right? Dan Quinn, there's been a lot of opinion around the league that he would be the Denver Broncos' next coach. We'll see if that comes to fruition or if another team can snag him. He was out here talking to the Giants yesterday. Uh, Jim Caldwell, I think, is a leading candidate in Chicago, but I've also heard they were intrigued with Brian Flores. Dayball meeting with the Giants today, they're intrigued with Flores. So there are teams that – they're getting closer – Some guys, people that lost this weekend, Dayball, Leslie Frazier, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, they can now take jobs and take
2: second interviews. So you'll start to see this process move, I think, in the next week. Did you know you can listen to this show commercial-free? All your favorite ESPN radio shows and much more are without ads on TuneIn, the best audio app for sports fans. Just download the TuneIn app to get started. Guys, you're the best. Jim Kelly is going to join me in a moment. But in, in honor of Dan, I have a trivia question. The Kansas City Chiefs this weekend became the second team to score at least 40 points in back-to-back oh. playoff games? Do you know who the first one was? On the spot. I'm looking at Graziano. On the spot, Graz. I, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm going to give you a minute to think about it. Ranks. I will tell you during the break. I will tell you if during the break Graziano got it right or not, because I'm late. That's the question. Yeah, who is the know. only team to score 40 in back-to-back playoff games before these Kansas City Chiefs? Artists. The answer is next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is
4: sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful with BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com/slash Greeny today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp hel com slash Greeny G-R-E-E-N-Y. Well,
2: I told you that Kansas City in this game against the Bills on Sunday night became just the second team ever to score forty points in back-to-back playoff games. The only other team ever to do it was quarterbacked. By Jim Kelly in 1990 the Bills beat the Dolphins 44-34 in the divisional round and then smashed the Raiders 51-3 to advance to the Super Bowl the quarterback was one of the all-time greats my friend Jim Kelly who joins us here on ESPN radio good morning Jim Kelly
5: Good morning, Green. How are you doing today? Well,
2: I have to confess that because you and I have been talking a lot lately about the payoff for this wager that we have every year, that <laughs> as I watched that game on Sunday, I thought of you, and, and I thought of all the heartbreaking losses, the Bills fans, the beloved Bills fans, the Mafia, all of you guys who have remained so close over the years, all those heartbreaking losses you guys had. And, and as the game went on, even as a Jet fan, in spite of myself, I found myself rooting for you. And and when it ended, my first thought was, I can't imagine how brutal a loss this is. So, you know, Jim, uh, how would you describe the emotions of watching that game and the way it finishes?
5: Oh, boy. Um, well, first of all, I watched with my wife and daughters, and uh, I, I raised them to be Bills fans, and I never thought that they would take it as hard as they did. And with 13 seconds left, they're, like, jumping up, which we all were. But I said, hey, there's 13 seconds left. Mm-hmm. I said, don't get too excited. And they're like, oh, come on, Daddy. I'm like, I'm serious. Patrick Mahomes is there. You never, ever know until the clock is all zero. So this one this one definitely hurt. Um, didn't hurt, of course, as, as much as that first Super Bowl when you were talking about uh, the wide right. That that hurt probably more than anything in the world. But I'll tell you what. Um a non-player for the fans out there, the Bills Mafia, everybody that has cheered for us in the past, I feel for them because uh, we have way too good of a football team to have this happen. But you know what? They have a heck of a a team also, and God bless them. They they made it. They did what they had to do, and they came out with the win. The
2: the 13 seconds thing, you know – whenever a game goes the way this goes, every little moment is magnified. And there's been a lot of conversation here about the decision by Sean McDermott not to squib kick the ball and then some of the defense. I mean, when a game ends that way, as a player, do you look around you? Do you think, well, why didn't we do this? Why didn't we do that? Like, there's there's a lot of that, obviously, amongst fans. Is there a lot of that amongst players?
5: Um, to a certain point, again, it all depends what it was. I mean, people talk, even my brother, test, why didn't they squib kick? Mm. Well, you're taught on a special team. That if they do, you get it, you go right down mm. and it plays over. Um, or you take a chance and when you kick it hard, you might not get it as deep as you would like, but you feel with 13 seconds left. And if you've got a good kicker that can kick the ball out of the end zone, do that first down on the 25. I think it is. And yeah then the odds of you making that, you know, is very slim, except you have three timeouts left, and the defense that the Bills played, they played almost like they were guarding against a touchdown, not a field goal. I mm-hmm. think that as a quarterback, if I would have came out and saw that defense, I knew I would have a good opportunity to get the ball down in field goal range with two throws, and that's exactly what happened. I'm not saying that that was the answer for it, but as a quarterback on the other side, I would not want a team to come out with a regular defense. Yeah, they have five five receivers out there. I get that, but you need to have a good pass rusher, and you need to have put pressure on the homes because he can run. Let him run. Get it three deep. I mean, there's all different things. As a former player, you would think maybe if they would have done this, done that, but uh, now we all know that uh, it takes teams to win games, not just a quarterback. And yeah, there's times quarterbacks do win. win. When you have a game like Mahomes and Josh Allen had, oh my goodness, hmm. like they said, the last person with the, the football is going to win that game. That's exactly what happened.
2: Greeny, and the great Jim Kelly is with me. Can you describe that feeling as a great quarterback yourself? You have to have had many games in, in which you just, you just knew they couldn't stop you. Like, as, as one of the very few people in the world who knows what it feels like to have been Allen and Mahomes that night, what does it feel like when you're doing it and you know there's nothing they can do to stop you?
5: Give me your ball back. Let me have it. I know we're going to take it down the field because you get that mindset. And there's times where that mindset, and I think for especially quarterbacks, is when a team is putting pressure on you all game, you're getting hit all the time. It will make you want to throw the ball a little bit sooner than probably you should or want to. Um, the mindset in a quarterback is very important. And when you have confidence in your offensive line, it's going to give you time. Your receivers are going to get open, and you've been doing it all the time. That is huge. There's no doubt about it. So uh, uh, the way it looked for me, from my living room watching it, that's exactly what those quarterbacks were thinking. Get me the ball back. I will score. And uh, that's what you love to see
2: even with 13 seconds left again, Greeny and and the great Jim Kelly and and Jim, you are the greatest quarterback in Buffalo Bills history of that. There is no question. And and so I think your opinion on this is particularly valid. I mean, what do we have here in Josh Allen? How how would you describe what, what you see in him and what you think the future may look like?
5: Very impressive. Um, Not only on the field, but off the field Uh, impressive as a leader. Um, I've, you know, talked with him many times and he's just one of those guys that you want leading your football team and he has everything that any quarterback would love to have. He can run, which I I was pretty good maybe one year when I was in midget football. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Josh can do it all. I mean, when you can get outside the pocket and you know the defense is going to have to not only worry about your arm, but you're going to have to worry about his running ability and that's exactly what you want defense to worry about. And when you start doing that, the receivers start coming open. Um, you get the big play. So it's, it's something that uh, I'm, I'm totally impressed. And uh, I don't see any of my records uh, holding up during his career. I think he's going to crush everyone. He's going to crush them all pretty soon. <laughs> and
2: and I, I guess I would ask you this just to sort of wrap up this topic. Like, your, your team's got so close. You, you, no one needs me to run through the litany of it. You had the field, the kick in the air that would have won a Super Bowl, and you lose four straight. and And now here is this team gets so close and falls just short. What What will it be like when it happens? The Bill, I, I believe this kid is going to win a Super Bowl in Buffalo. What will it be like when just, that team finally does it?
5: Well, I it's weird that you know, we're going through this because last year. Um, they went to the AFC Championship game they lost. Mm-hmm. 1988, we went to the uh, AFC Championship and lost to the Bengals. The year after that, we lost to the playoffs. And then the year after that, we wind up going to the four straight Super Bowl. I think 30 years next year. I mean, that's what you got to think. Uh, I think they have confidence that they can do it. Um, and this might motivate them even more. Uh, than you would think. And I know at least Sean McDermott's not going to let them you know, give up or the the vibe that he always has getting these guys ready to play is, is unbelievable. I mean, he, he's amazing. And to be able to do this year after year, we'll find out, of course, in the future. But I have a lot of confidence they keep this uh, team healthy and keep the majority of the players that they have on this team on the roster for the next couple of years. I think their odds are very good. But it's also, it's going to come down to, He's going to have to face Mahomes probably more and more more time. Yeah, I mean, that, that matchup is about as good as you
2: could possibly ask. If there is one thing I hope that, that will bring you a little bit of joy at some point, it is the ability to have like a really nice steak dinner with your family. Is, is, does that seem to be in the offing?
5: Uh, it's not going to be with my family because two of my kids, my wife and my daughter, Erin, uh, really don't eat steak. Okay. I saw the size of those steaks. Oh, my goodness, granny, you went way over. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> Couple of my buddies and of course, couple of my brothers. All oh, we're gonna eat those up and just <laughs> smile and know that it's no longer going to be the J E T S. <laughs> and I, I, I text a lot. I always mess with Joe Namath. We're very good friends, and we always text back and forth. In that video, they did. I don't know how many years ago that was. About five years ago, me and my two daughters, and uh, um, him and his two daughters. That was one of the best uh, promos for a game I've ever seen. So anybody out out there wants to go to YouTube, go there and pull up the, the JK, the Jim Kelly Joe Namath video. It is unbelievable.
2: Let's not bury the lead here, Jim. You keep suckering me into this bet every single year. The Jets are terrible. The, the Bills have Josh <laughs> Allen for crying out loud. You're like the, the best team in the world, and we keep making this bet at the beginning of the season that I owe you stakes in the event they lose. I don't even know what you owe me if the Jets win because I have no chance. There might as well not even be stakes. S T A K E S, stakes, stakes <laughs> on the other side
5: because we have no. But Jim, you got to give me some odds here or something. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll play we'll play you know, think of that next year. Uh, I've, last year I won stakes from, um, this year I won stakes from LA. Yeah. Uh, when Bill played Denver and then of course, Marino has been in a bad string of bad luck lately. <laughs> so, and then his agent, his, one of his agents told me, well, he doesn't ever remember, uh, um, making this bet for this year. Oh boy. I have already talked to him. So <laughs> it, it's good stakes and stone crab. That's a pretty good combination. So, I'm going to keep going. Maybe I'll give a couple points here and there, but Miami's getting better. You guys are definitely getting better. You'll, you'll be better, so you'll in oh, a competition next year. So let's oh, we'll
2: do it out. That's, that's how everyone knows you're a nice guy. I mean, come on. <laughs> the
5: Bills the
2: Bills are going to dominate that division. All right. Anyway, I, it was an honor to send them to you. I do hope you enjoy them. Uh, and again, thank you for jumping in here. I know this was a, a, a lousy week for everybody up there in Buffalo. Thank you, Jim Kelly. Be well, and I'll see you soon.
5: You got, buddy. Have a good one. You too.
2: That's the great Jim Kelly. So we make this bet as the assembled members of the hashtag crew jump in here, uh, Hembo and Nuno and Bubba. This has been going on a long time. It started at a time when the Jets were good. Like I think we started doing this like back in the Rex years when that felt like a real bet. Now I'm calling up Peter Luger. I'm like, I I got. I said to Stace, when I lose the bet this year, I I owe him stakes. I said, Stace, you know, where am I getting stakes? And I thought to myself, it's a New York bet. So I called up Peter Luger Steakhouse, which is at the really famous steakhouse in New York. And I had like what you heard Jim describe it. I was like, all right, if I lose a bet, I'm going to lose it all the way. So I sent him a very, very nice collection of steaks, which he is now. But like. I need odds. <laughs> like, if I'm going to make a Jets versus – what would be a reasonable – okay, if, if we're going to bet if, – if, if, if he is sending me, in the event the Jets have a better record – no, the bet is just the, the two games against each the head other. head-to-heads. That's what it is. Just the, the, the head-to-heads. So they swept it, so I owed him the stakes. If they split, we have no winner. If, if the Jets sweep the series, he said laughingly, um, then, I, then he owes me stakes. So if he's going to owe me stakes, what what would be a reasonable thing for me to then have on the other side?
0: I mean, if the Jets beat the Bills twice next season, he should buy you a boat. I mean, that that's the like that's the equivalent. <laughs> when was
1: the last time the Jets won both times <laughs> against Buffalo.
2: It, I'm sure it's been I, you could look it up. I don't know the answer to that question. I was going to go the other way. If I'm if I have stakes coming in my direction, then I think I should owe him what like Hot dogs, a tic tac, like a single th- tic tac, some sort of very well. It should be another meat product. What's a very small meat product? Beef jerky. I don't know, like a like a bologna sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bubba, what what would be an appropriate? St- again, it's confusing because I keep saying what should the steaks be, but I mean it. S T A K E S in this Not case, obviously. Right now. What what should I, if he's going to send me a bunch of, I, in his case, he's going to send me food he has killed, right? He likes, he's got to hunt, he's going to send me like some bison, I don't know. Elk. elk? That's what we talked about. Elk, some sort of meat <laughs> I've never had before. Um, what should I owe him in return, Baba What would be a reasonable odds?
1: I mean, I don't even know. It's just, it's just so unfair
0: that...
2: I, what is that meat that has olives in it? What, what, isn't there like that disgusting oh, looking that meat? Deli.
0: By the way, the, the me- Jets swept the Bills in 2016 with Ryan Fitzpatrick. That, that happened that recently.
2: We had Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? You had yeah, Ryan We had Ryan I mean, and swept know, the Bills. 20, yeah. 2016, that recent? I don't maybe? think we made the bet that year. <laughs> I don't remember him sending me anything. <laughs> um, anyway, so that was that. But, but as far as Jim, here's the other thing I'll just say. I, I meant to get to the Hall of Fame stuff here. I'll, I'll save it. We'll break quickly, and then I will get to all the Hall of Fame stuff here. Um, and I will mention that it is time to say good night to that check engine light with the free AutoZone fix finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Um, the other thing that I was going to say is, and we touched on this yesterday, like that loss. How do you get over that? Like as a fan, how do you get past that? One of Nikki's best friends in college is, is a crazy Bills fan. And I was texting back and forth with him. And he was like, it's just a game, right? And I was like, no, it's not just a game. You're never going to get over this. Like He was like, will I feel better? I'm like, no, you won't feel better. I'm 54 years old. I still haven't gotten over games that happened when I was way younger than you are. Like You
0: never get over that loss. That's not true. You'll get over that loss when they win the Super Bowl. That's when it happens.
2: Yeah, but my team's never going to win. That'll literally never happen in my lifetime. Of course, no shot, no shot. The Bills fans will.
0: Yes, Yes, that's when it all changes. Bad things that happen now in sports to me as a Philadelphia fan don't hurt as much. Whereas before, any time before the 2008, when the Phillies won the first championship, everything was life or death. They won in 08. The Eagles won in 2017. Now nothing is that bad.
2: Let me ask Nuno: Is that true of you? Because you are a Yankee fan, and obviously in your lifetime they've won well, at least four World Series. I don't. Do you go back? You don't go back to the 70s, right? So, no, no, no. Okay, so they've won four World Series in your lifetime. The Giants. Have you seen all four Super Bowls? I have. Okay, so you've gotten four championships. A piece from your two favorite teams. Why are you so angry all the time about things that happen in sports? eight
6: championships. I mean, because I still – the passion of, first of all, my other teams, like the Knicks and, and not seeing them in 94 being so close and John Starks and two for 18 and, and not being pulled, that hurts. You have eight the championships. 0-1, the O one, one Listen, that Giant, when they lost to the Ravens, they had no – you know, they had no shot of winning that game, but I'm still upset about it. A holding call on a pick six that the Giants had gotten uh, – on their uh, defensive linemen and it's just like that stuff still bothers me and I think it's part of being a fan and
2: and why we love sports yeah but but again I can't speak to this because I've never seen my team win anything but Hembo was saying that when you've seen your team win a championship, it lessens the agony of defeat. Is that not accurate in your case?
6: No, I think Hembo's, uh, is, uh, that's all BS. He hasn't won enough to still, like, to just still feel it. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, let the Eagles lose another, like, when a game they should win, right? Because I think that's part of it is mm. losing games that you should win is a different feeling than you're just there and you're happy that, like, you, you know, Jalen Hurts made the playoffs. I think that's a different psychology.
2: Okay, coming up next, I've got my question of the day. Someone whose opinion I value said that there was going to be a major failure today. The question is, are they right? Greenie, the podcast. Today is a very important day in sports. And my personal history with this goes back a very long way. Someone just did a big story about the 30-year anniversary of ESPN Radio, and and they they asked me um, what were the biggest moments that I can recall along the way. And I mentioned the first time Mike and I went on Letterman, which which I think was the biggest day that we had. But another one of them that I'll never forget, and we went crazy at the time, was when the late Congressman Elijah Cummings— read our name into the congressional record during the steroid hearings when he said, and I quote, now let me ask you, Mr. Manfred, who at that time was like the chief lawyer for baseball, yesterday on ESPN Radio, the Mike and Mike show, you said, and I don't even remember what he quoted because I lost my mind. (laughs) He just said our name. My point I'm making here is we've been covering steroids since that first became a thing. Today is the end. We have the coming. Go ahead, play it.
1: Let's talk to you, Mr. Manfred, on ESPN Radio, Mike and Mike Show. Yesterday, you
2: said the way the policy is written... Okay, cut it off off now. It doesn't make any difference. I don't care what he said. (laughs) (laughs) I just liked hearing our name. But the point of it is this. That's 20 years ago. That's almost 20 years ago that happened. Today is the culmination of this chapter of that story. In fact, in its own way, it may be the real end of the steroid era of baseball, because the steroid era can more than anything be illustrated by Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, the two players directly connected to steroids about whom there is zero question of their Hall of Fame credentials. Barry Bonds, taken at face value, is the greatest hitter, certainly the greatest power hitter in the history of the sport. Now, no one's going to say that because we don't take it at face value, but he is. And Roger Clemens, you could argue, is the greatest pitcher to debut after World War II. He certainly is in that conversation. So these are slam dunk, no doubt about it. These are immortals that we're talking about. And if they don't get into the Hall of Fame today, they're never going to. Jeff Passan, whose opinion I value, wrote a column in which he said, if by the end of this day, Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame, it will be a failure. That's the word he uses. It's a really good column. I recommend it. I ask the question to all of you today. Is it a failure if Barry Bonds doesn't make the Hall of Fame? Now, Hembo, no one I know loves and cares about this stuff more than you do, so I'll start with you. Do you agree with Jeff Passan that if Barry Bonds, and let's not even say if, he's not getting into the Hall of Fame,
0: right? He is not likely to get in tonight.
2: I I don't, I don't, he is not going to get in. But let's just use if. If Barry Bonds doesn't get into the Hall of Fame today, will that be a failure?
0: No, it will not be a failure, even though if I had a vote, I would vote for him. But look, it's a democratic process, and he is very unlikely to reach the 75% threshold. I do think that you can make a strong argument that he does not belong in, because morality aside, his career was not totally authentic. And if you believe that's super important, then I think you can argue he does not belong in the Hall of Fame. Where I disagree with Jeff, and it's a tremendous column, I've told Jeff many times I have a crush on his words, but... It's not the, the museum argument is not a convincing one for me because I've been to the Hall of Fame something like a dozen times in my life. There are two parts of it, Greeny. There's the Hall of Fame, where the, where the plaque room is, where they celebrate baseball's history and the players, its greatest players. Mm-hmm. And there is the museum. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Mark McGuire and many others many others, Pete Rose, Julius Joe Jackson, are in the museum. <clears throat> Baseball is preserving its history in the museum adequately. I think you could argue that preserving history in a museum and then celebrating the career of a player in the plaque room are two different things.
2: Okay. I-, I think that's a very reasoned perspective. By the way, I just posted the story on my Twitter page. I-, I-, I realized, why would I talk about this column and then you have to look for it? Just go to my Twitter at ESPN Greeny and you will see Jeff Passan's column that we're talking about at the top in which he says, he believes it'll be a failure if Barry Bonds does not make the Hall of Fame today. Uh, Bubba, uh, and many may not know this, but Bubba for a very long time was a chemist, and and so you understand the um, you know the, the the steroid issues in a different way, sort of in a scientific way that most people do not. And and so we're just with that as the background. Do you agree that it'll be a failure if Barry Bonds does not make the Baseball Hall of Fame?
1: I would say yes. While I don't necessarily condone the cheating, Major League Baseball clearly did condone the cheating, and as did the commissioner Bud Selig at the time. So you can't have, uh, you can't let you know go both ways. So they allowed it to happen, they encouraged it to happen, and now you can't just be like, well, no, no. So he's the greatest hitter of all time. One minute, and he should he should be in.
2: Okay, I will address many of the things you just said there coming up in a moment. But let me get Nuno's take in here very quickly. Nuno, will it be a failure if Bonds doesn't get in today?
6: Not only a failure, but it would continue the fraudulent nature that this uh, Hall of Fame is Meaning? by not by not letting him in. And as Jeff eloquently points out, the numerous individuals that are, have had questionable, moral, morally questionable things and are done things in their life in the
2: Hall. So, again, if you go to my Twitter, at ESPN Greeny, you can read this piece, and you can read Jeff's reasoning, and I think that is a, a good conversation starter. It is a good way to inform what I'm about to say, which is I will explain without any question whether or not it is a failure if Barry Bonds doesn't make the Hall of Fame, and I will address several of the things that Bubba just said as well. This is going to be a very good discussion. Don't miss it next on ESPN Radio